Welcome to the show today. We have an awesome guest today, Ryan Page, a singer, musician, speaker, writer, who's made it her calling and goal to, as, as I like to say, tear down the high places of child sacrifice, to wake up the church to the culture of death and the wicked ideologies that we're contending with now but they've actually been brewing for a long, long time. And she has a beautiful testimony, beautiful story, beautiful voice. We had the privilege of doing an event together with Save the Storks earlier this year. And uh, I think she's going to bless you. And I think we need this kind of inspiration, encouragement, and motivation as parents and families around the country right now are saying, what can I do? What should I do against these evil forces? Buckle up, folks. You're in for a treat. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. So, Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks Thank for joining you. me. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So uh, we had a fun uh, a fun event in April in San Diego area. Uh, Brandon Tatum, uh, you, your husband was playing music with you, speaking, and me for, for Save the Storks, which yes. is a wonderful ministry. The mobile yes. medical units, Mercedes yes. Sprinter vans, yes. outside of abortion centers and colleges, get women to see their baby and choose life. But what's your story? Uh, I want you to just start from the beginning. Yeah. I want you to tell us your story <laughs> and why are you uh, sacrificing it all and laying it all on the field in these days where you you get hate, you get heat mm-hmm. for speaking against these things. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this and what's your story? Well, because my story has started just like probably yours did and a lot of people listening to this podcast is I was a baby and that's where it all starts. <laughs> and um, when I was born, I was born to a young mom. My mom was just 19 when she had me. Wow. And um, at the time um, she knew Jesus, but she didn't really know Jesus and she still chose life for me. Um, but when um she, you know, I was, I was in her womb. Um, they didn't know that something may be different with me. Um, technology for better, or for worse was not as advanced yeah. at that time. So when I was born, um, my birth would be described as a traumatic experience. Um, I would say, but also one of the greatest ones. Mm. Um, I came out not breathing, um, rushed away very quickly. And the first, um, glimpse that my mom had of me was a Polaroid picture of me in the NICU. And um, I like to laugh and say that it was because I was very photogenic and they just had to take a picture (laughs) of me. Um, But basically, a lot of doctors said she won't be able to do things. It will look really different for her. And for those listening, um, you know, my hands are different. I have something called arthrogyposis multiplex congentia. So you imagine your hands. Oh, yeah. If you want to try to say that a couple times, I would greatly appreciate it. Make me feel a little better about myself. Um, Why did they pick those kind of words? It's very rude, honestly. It's very, very rude. I, I mean, imagine. I actually, I actually wonder if there's something there. there I has wonder to be. if they intentionally make it like be. so difficult to say <laughs> because they like kind of don't like the people who. Yeah, have it. they're like, we want to make you, you sound like, scary. Yeah, why can't you just call it like you know what, two syllables? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I will say out loud, like it's basically just the curving of my joints and um, my grip strength isn't that strong. But I can do literally anything that anyone else can do but just in a different way. But then again, I've never had a different body. So it wasn't anything for me to adjust to where the world made it sound like it was a death sentence. And for me, it wasn't. Um, And when my mom had me and I was in the hospital, there were talks of like, she's not gonna be able to get on the monkey bars. I haven't gotten on the monkey bars yet, but I'm okay with that. (laughs) And you know, if that's like the only thing that they have to say that I can't do, and I came out screaming um, and then I became a singer. So it all ended up you know, coming to fruition at the end of this beautiful story. Um, and a mom that showed me that a life can be well lived, even without a tied shoe. Um, 
because in society, we really want to put people down for the things they can't do. Even the word disabled says that I can't. Right. And I don't prefer that mm. because I know I can through the strength that Christ has given me. And they make slip on shoes. <laughs> so it's it's really all about perspective here. Like it What was really it like is. growing up? Well, I didn't really know I was different, which sounds really silly. Um, I was in special education classrooms when I was little, but I... So, so it sounds like, thankfully, you didn't have, like, a horrific... No. Because some people with disabilities they have, have a truly hard... bullying, teased, yes. horrific yes. experiences. Yeah. And I think, like, it probably happened to me. Like, I can remember times of being stared at, or even now today, sure. even being stared at. Um, but usually it's people just being curious, and then you meet mm. some people who are just out, downright mean, and you're like, yep. well, you're just a downright mean person, and that's no fun <laughs> for you. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to completely affect my life forever. That's right. Um, but I remember being on the playground when I was younger, and again, goes back to those monkey bars, which is very funny, um, full circle, as God makes a lot of things usually, that... I realized that other kids were like, oh, can you do this? And I was just like, why are you asking me that question? Like, this is the dumbest thing you could say out loud. Like, can I swing? <laughs> yes, I can swing. And then I just started realizing that I was different. But it started becoming this, like, super unraveling of, like, God, why? Mm. When I was younger. And yeah. then, because I, I really, I became a Christian when I was very young and understood what it was, I think, really fully. And, um... I was probably about eight whenever I like prayed like for the Lord to save me. And I just knew since that day that there is a purpose beyond me because like I don't know everything. Mm. So like how could I know why this happened? Yeah. Um, but I've seen my hands do more in the way that they are now than they would have done if they were quote unquote normal. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a good line. Yeah. Say that again. Yeah. I've seen that my hands have done more now in the way that they are than they would have if they were quote unquote normal. Yeah. 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 That's powerful. Yeah. That reminds me of, uh, um, uh, a line from, uh, Joseph in, mm. the, in the old Testament. What, what, uh, um, what you meant for evil, yeah, God, God meant for good, for and good. For saving of many lives, you know. And this is a broken, fallen world, yes, right? Yeah. Um, but what you do with the cards you've been given, yeah, m makes all the difference. And and the Bible is is scattered with these lines of you know, to use the uh, the foolish things yeah. of the world to shame the wise. Mm. And we think we're so smart, especially in the 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> we think that we've got all the science all figured oh, yeah. out oh, yeah. <laughs> and that we know the way to human flourishing and yes. human perfection. I mean, this has been the lie of basically every Marxist would be totalitarian oligarch is that like we now have the formula for utopia. Yeah. Um, and if you just give us all your political rights, political power, we'll, we'll, we'll invent this utopia. We, we can get there. Uh, and this is the same thing that motivated Sanger, the yeah. founder of Planned Parenthood. Yes. Um, she, she literally said one. She said, through sex, mankind may attain that great spiritual illumination, <laughs> which will transform the world and light up <laughs> the only path to an earthly paradise. Mm -hmm. um, we, we want to get back into Eden. Yeah. But we want to do it without God. Yeah. Um, and when we do that, what tends to happen is a lot of people die. Yeah. Um, basically, every genocidal maniac of the last about 120 years or so um, promised utopia, peace, and human flourishing. The cost was just a ton of murdered innocent people. Mm -hmm. um, but for whatever reason, these sickos behind our culture of death and the intellectual tradition that they walk in have always particularly had it out for people with disabilities. Yeah, they have. That was true in Russia. Mm -hmm. That was true with Hitler. That was true with Sanger in New York and America. 
um, she she called them the morons and misfits. Mm-hmm. That's who that's how Sanger would yeah. have referred to you, Ryan. Yeah. And yeah. and she really wanted to sterilize people with mental and physical disabilities, alcoholics, criminals, mm. um, you know, serial lawbreakers. The, the, these aren't good. These are not not, not good people. So we should actually prevent them yeah. from having children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for for the good of humanity, uh, for the good, yeah. uh, and 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 I've you know I've I've had these conversations with with parents of kids with Down syndrome or uh, cerebral palsy yeah. or uh, some of the chromosomal issues, yeah. uh, and their experiences with others in our country and in the hospital systems of the people who are supposed mm. to care for these children mm-hmm. is shocking to hear. Shocking. Um, do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I went on in my studies in college, so I recently got my master's in social yes. work. Okay, and, yeah. Um, I really um, think it sparked something in me to realize that when my mom had me and the social worker came in the room, she thought it was like an incriminating conversation of like, what did you do wrong during your pregnancy or what happened, right? And really? there's not an answer. There's not an answer as to what happened. There's wow. not. And I have peace with that because it's God and it's wow. his plan. But it's really hard as humans to surrender, like knowing why. Like yeah. we love why. Why is one of my favorite questions personally yeah, right, as well. Right. Yeah, 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 but yeah. I think that I decided that I wanted to change the narrative hmm. of like, I can walk in a room and one of the greatest things that social work has ever taught me is that that person is an expert on their situation. That's right. And I need to ask them what it looks like for them to be in the existence that they are in. I can't look at their existence and say that I think that this is terrible for them or say that this is like such a wonderful moment for them because like we're humans, like Jesus was human. He experienced an array of all these emotions, but like going in and letting that person be the expert on their situation and to say, I am happy to have my child with Down syndrome. I am happy to have my child with cerebral palsy. I have been praying for this child. You don't know their story or maybe it's a rough day, right? Maybe it's a rough day and there's room for both of them but there's also life in both. Yeah. And that's what I really wanted to do with my career was to say that actually like giving people with disabilities and parents like support um, who have children with disabilities, like giving them access is actually an opportunity rather than a burden. Mm. And I really believe that because we are tired as especially in my generation, but we're also tired in our world in order to go the extra mile to care for people in the way that need to be cared for. And mm. I don't think that that's Jesus's character. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I had a conversation with a, a couple from Michigan whose whose daughter um, has a trisomy 18. I, I know believe. what that is. Yes. And, uh, and so I think it's like some of the missing chromosomes. Mm. I, I, I can't perfectly explain it, but but you, most people know what trisomy 18 mm. is. And uh, the the mother of this daughter has had to fight for her daughter's life multiple times in mm-hmm. the hospitals um, because uh, they, they – would have allowed her to die. Yeah. Um, and they actually talked about this study where people were asked, uh, doctors were asked, you know, if um, they think it's moral or permissible to put a DNR order, that's a mm. do not resuscitate um, order, on a, on a baby born with significant or severe um, disabilities yep. um, without asking the parents. Wow. And this is a this is a shocking statistic. Shocking. And over about eighty percent of the doctors asked in this survey said that they that, that it would not be immoral mm. to put a DNR order on a baby with significant wow. um, needs or disabilities yeah. without informing or mm. asking the parents. And so, like, just to like put this in perspective for people listening, like, like this this is not an old ideology. 
It's not a no longer with us ideology. It's still very much at yeah. sway in our country yeah. here. And uh, it reminds me of a line from Ayn Rand, actually, not, not someone I usually like to quote, <laughs> but um, of Atlas Shrugged. And mm -hmm. she says, every major horror of history has been committed in the name of an altruistic motive. Mm -hmm. Has any act of selfishness ever equaled the carnage perpetrated by the disciples of altruism? Hardly. Mm -hmm. uh, meaning some of the most evil things that have ever been done in our society were committed in the name of a really good motive. Yeah. You know, we just want to take us into utopia. Yeah. And, and, and we, no, Ryan, we just didn't want your mom and dad yeah. to, to have to be burdened by burdened. you. It's so difficult. You know, yeah. it would have been such a rough life for yeah, them. Yeah, a rough life. And, and, exactly. that, and that's the kind of ideology in the abortion industry today, too, is that they, they actually think that it's yeah. better for you to be killed. <laughs> yeah. It's better that you're dead yeah. than you might be a burden to someone else. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, even... You know, from a perspective, too, it's like our society also needs to care for these people. Like, we need to, like, let them be born and let them thrive. Like, because our population is filled of so many people with disabilities, it's like we need to step up to the plate and to say there is a need here, right? Like, like if somebody likes to buy, like, purple bubble gum at the store and there's no purple bubble gum, but everyone wants purple bubble gum, like, don't we need to have purple bubble gum in the store? <laughs> like, it's really just as simple as that. It's like these resources are so needed and people who think that they know better about someone's situation when they're not in it is insane to yeah. me. And they call it rights. Yeah. They call it flourishing. Yeah. We want to thank our sponsor of Unaborted here. That is Every Life Diapers. This is America's pro-life diaper company. Did you guys know? I, I've, I've been telling you this, but like you got you to gotta tell all your friends about this. This is crazy. Every major diaper company in America, all eight of them, either financially support or rhetorically support the abortion industry. Some of them were putting out ads when Roe v. Wade got overturned, offering to pay for their employees to like fly to states where abortion was more accessible to kill their children. That's a weird la-la land stuff right there. Pro-life diaper company, Every Life. The only pro-life diaper company in America. And guess what? They give a portion of their profits back to pro-life ministries like ours at the White Rose Resistance and pregnancy resource centers all around America. Listen, you can't defeat a culture of death by funding a culture of death. If you want to build a culture of life, you've got to fund that culture of life and be a steward of the, of the funds God's given you. So you use code SETH10. That's SETH. 10, you get 10% off your first order. Let them know that we sent you uh, and you're supporting our ministry and you're funding a culture of life. Promo code Seth10, everylife.com, everylife.com, every life. The only pro-life diaper company in America. But um, some studies have suggested, and it's, it's kind of hard to get accurate statistics on how many babies with Down syndrome were killed in America, but it's between 70 and 90% mm -hmm. of babies diagnosed with Down syndrome were killed in the womb. And then a couple, a few years ago, you guys might remember this, Iceland, uh, announced that they had eradicated Down syndrome. Mm. And uh, some people mistook the headline. They got excited and they were like, wait, they found a cure. They found a cure. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> you just mean that 100% of children diagnosed mm. with Down syndrome in Iceland are murdered. Yeah. So you didn't eradicate Down syndrome. You eradicate human beings with Down syndrome. They use that verbiage to make them sound, like, yeah, to make yeah. them sound good. <laughs> yeah. But when, because I, you know, I do so much speaking and, and debating with these kooks on college campuses. Um, this is the dominant belief, actually. Yeah. The dominant belief 
in our culture is that um, if you have, especially if mom has a, a fetus with something wrong oh, yes, with it in the course. womb, most people that you'll ask won't just say, uh, oh, yeah, that should be a decision that she's allowed. They'll actually mm. say, no, she that, that's why she should choose. Yeah. Abortion. Yeah. What What would you say to one of some of these? Like, I mean, it's it's hard to even like have a conversation with these wow. people, right? Given that you're <laughs> you, because I'll just I'll just I'll just I'll just you know, rhetorically throw them on the curb. You know, it's a metaphor, guys. Um, this, but yeah. like, but like yeah. when they're looking at you saying, "No, actually, Ryan, um, it actually, you're you actually should have been dead. Yeah. Your yeah. mom actually should have <laughs> aborted you. Well, a, it's just astonishing that you could look at a human being and just tell them that they shouldn't exist. A. That's A, right there. But B, something that I really, really enjoy about and I feel like is a privilege around having a physical disability. And and there are advantages and disadvantages to having a disability that you cannot see on the outside of the body and then a disability you can see on the the inside and outside of the body. Um, Is that I think that my body alone, like if you – I know we're on a podcast, but if you were looking at me, I'm very visibly disabled. You have to kind of stare for a little bit, but you will figure it out. Mm -hmm. And – I think for that alone, to to look at a body and to look at where I have gone in life, I am not superior because I've gotten a master's degree. I do not believe that. I do not believe that there is a hierarchy into how smart you are versus the education that you've had. But the point is that I had enough discipline to do it when other people said I couldn't. And I think that I stood there and I'm able to say, no, I've made something out of my life instead of me having to be dependent on people for the rest of my life. And people with Down syndrome deserve the same, same rights as I do. And that's why I feel like it's a shame if I were not to use my voice and the ability that I have with my literal mouth to speak, which is a privilege to do within itself, to talk about this because there are disabled people out there who do not have the power mm. um, or have not learned how to that's advocate good. for themselves yet. That's right. And that's why I won't shut up. That's good. It's really why I won't because I can look at that person and just say, how could you tell me that they will not have a good life? I want facts. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. is going to be so bad? What is going to be so bad when we do live in a place where there are resources, but I mean, we just need to do better. Like the church needs to rise up. And that's really why I created um, the start course with Save the Storks, which is really like a resource. So tell Um, us about that. Yeah. So start course, it's at startcourse.org. There's like the first version of it and the second version. And I had the privilege of being on the second version. And we really walk through what it looks like to have trauma-informed care inside of our churches. So instead of looking at women who are experiencing unplanned pregnancy, being able to say, like, shame on you, you know that's a sin, like, blah, 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 like these, you know, really awful, I think, ways to handle the situation because we all sin. We all have been in places of falling. We all have been in those places. Instead of saying that, we give tools to those who are in our congregation and those who are, like, pastoring our churches to Mm -hmm. be able to have that care to know, how do I refer them to that pregnancy center? How do I give them the resources that I need? How do I get them to a store? bus how do I plug in with every life like how do I do these things because that way they know they're not alone it can be literally as simple as like someone you know walking up to them and saying like how did that like how did that appointment go Hmm. someone caring because people we give I feel like we give sometimes church too much credit of that there is community, but we have to be really intentional, especially when experiencing something that could be really difficult. And um, I think just using non-shaming language is really where it starts and supporting that child. And the church is where it starts. Like that's where our warriors are and creating that. And if if our churches aren't full of those people who want to step in and be that, Hmm. then why are we even existing as a building? Yeah, It's completely beside the point. So we go through literally everything you could think of, of like what is trauma, what is sexual trauma, what are all of these different layers of what a woman could be experiencing, and then how do we get them plugged into the resources that they need, which 
breaks it down to practical steps instead of somebody with those well-meaning notions Mm -hmm. not knowing what to say. Well, that's good. Yeah. So where can people find your course? Yeah, it's startcourse.org. Start? Start. S-T-A-R-T. I always thought it was, whenever I say it, sometimes I'm like, is it this? (laughs) Is it that? But yeah, it's start, S-T-A-R-T, course.org. And it's completely free. Um, and you'll find me on there, um, and a lot of other mental health experts as well in collaboration with the AACC. Um, we created it. So there are a lot of amazing folks from the AACC on it and save the storks. And I got to go to Colorado and I wrote every script that I participated in. So that was actually a week before my wedding that I finished all of that. So yeah, (laughs) it was a lot, but when I look back at it, I am incredibly grateful for just like these, uh, types of interactions even like on podcasts or videos or things where it can just reach people but I hope that it reaches them on like a human level and and not having a condemning like you said something wrong before but having like let's just like you know alter our trajectory a little bit yeah 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 yeah. um what's uh so when did you start speaking and being kind of vocal uh in in terms of uh, these evils, the culture, the yeah. culture wars, whatever you want to call it. Um, I would like to joke when I was born. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, Me too. That's good. Yeah, because I <laughs> just good. always knew that my existence was a threat, and I felt it. Mm. What do you and, mean by that? Um, I think that <laughs> I think that when others are inconvenienced. AKA for me, some things that happen for me is like I maybe use voice text or I. Um, I don't even know, like I need help getting dressed or these things like they could be seen as inconvenience. And then you can have people that you trust throw their hands at you after Hmm. because you have technically used them. Right. Hmm. But actually you're like existing. Yeah. yeah. And that's really complicated, too. And I always knew that it was difficult in order to get what I needed, right? I think five steps ahead when I'm in my body. Where is my backpack in the back of my car? Can I get it on my back to get inside? What is that door going to be like whenever I walk up to it? You know, what access will I have? And it's enough to drive a person crazy if you didn't have faith (laughs) because you'd be like, why? You know? But um, I was on X Factor when I was 13. and I Yeah. And I had the privilege of being a finalist. And Wait, tell I, us about that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I – so when I auditioned for the show, my mom actually was not a fan. She was like, <laughs> you're way too young. What are you doing? And then I kind of came up with a plan and explained to her why, and I did. And when I realized I was on national television and people were shutting off the mic from me because I was what? talking about Jesus. Because it was – Really? It was, yes, because it was like – the excuse is there's not enough time, right? Well, this there's... wasn't live, right? Oh, it was. Oh, really? Oh, it was. It was live. There were live shows. Yeah, I made it like to the very last episode um, wow. when I was 13. And um, I had Demi Lovato as my coach. <laughs> and I had um, Simon Cowell. And Simon was actually like one of the kindest people. Oh, really? And everyone's like, how well, was that's Simon? good to hear. Yeah, no. He's really, really sweet. And you wouldn't think it. But they were turning the mic off on you. Yes. Like, A, I can't hold the mic. So that got complicated, right? Ripping it away. Think about that. Like, at the end, you know, like, when the contestants go up after and, like, reflect on their performance on those shows, um, I realized, like, I was like, thank you, Lord, like, for providing this opportunity. And, like, even said other things as well that was, like, you know, definitely stating my faith, definitely stating where I stand. Because, like you said, I've heard you say this, like, it's very difficult to be Christian and to not be pro-life. And I do agree with that statement. Yeah. Um, And I just 
stood there in awe as a 13-year-old who didn't know myself. I'm 13. Think about when you were 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was an idiot. Yeah, exactly. I was too at times. <laughs> um, and I'll probably look back now and say the same thing. But, um, yeah, it was just really wild because I realized culture was against that. Huh. And they were, they, were, they were for positivity. They liked happiness. <laughs> right, right. But they didn't like where it came from. Um, I got told multiple times when I was on the show to cry because, like, I should miss my house. I should miss my home. I didn't. Wow. I was incredibly grateful to be in wow. sunny L.A. living my life <clears throat> and singing and um, sharing my story. Yeah. Um, I wasn't going to cry. And I knew because that was the joy of the Lord. It wasn't because I was not exhausted and completely depleted at times and trying to balance, like, being an eighth grader and on national television. It was because I I knew it had a greater purpose versus my exhaustion, hmm. right? Like, why do we pick things that are comfortable when they can lead to better things? Right. Like everyone is always taking a quote unquote gamble or step in faith whenever you do something that you're called to, because it doesn't always mean guaranteed right away. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just knew, I knew that it was threatening. Wow. And I felt it even in, I mean, almost every space I've been in, I mean, forever because I love to advocate for what I'm talking about and Mm. I won't just settle why do you think why do you think the uh, the church in America um, doesn't grasp this better? Mm. This meaning um, uh, let, let's define that. This meaning uh, how you see the world. This meaning um, being uh, comfortable and okay with people that don't fit into our boxes Whoa. of of how we see. <laughs> human beings being created or being able to function this meaning uh the church's role Mm. in not just making sure that people with disabilities are loved and cared for but are actually given a voice um Mm. to be used by the lord why do you think the church is for for i think broadly not not in every case but has broadly kind of missed this and doesn't understand it there is a quote by john piper that says carpet is killing us and I think it has everything to do with your question. It Basically, the quote is encapsulating this idea that, like, we can have materialistic things and a car could even come off the side of the sidewalk and hit us and we'd be out. Like, we are so fragile. And the things that we get that we acquire, that we build ourselves up with, the titles in church, the different things, the practices that we do, the size of our buildings, the size of our congregations, how many people are getting saved, right. the numbers, right? I think we're really focusing the numbers um, not on the wrong things because like getting people saved is so exciting. It is, it, it is like new life essentially, but it's like, we're not also looking at those who are in our congregation or those who are coming through our doors. And if they don't look the way that we want them to, if they don't behave the way that we want them to. So you have a child that has behavioral um, obstacles and then all of a sudden there's acting out in the church. I think that should be completely okay because they're also existing in the house of the Lord. And maybe that's God's joy trying to show you that you need to check yourself and you need to check yourself at the door and you need to say, actually, what am I here today for? Like, what am I here today for? Um, And I think that when we do a better job of including people different than us, that can go to every single side of the earth instead of just disability too. Mm. I think whenever we look at rights in general, they want to make it all about one thing. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you know, disability rights or like all these different rights. It's like, no, that can actually like apply to having equal access to those from like racial differences, culture, everything. Like, why are we not opening the doors for all people to show up in the image that God made them in? It doesn't make any sense for me to say, okay, please pray this prayer to have God in your heart. But then also like the loving Jesus who made you, who knit you together 
together in God's in in God and also in your mother's womb we're also going to say that that's not okay because that's going to take some extra time on Sunday morning in order to deal with right i i've had experiences with being a social worker where I've had patients or heard of um, even like supervisors had these people too who've said, you know, we can't go to church because my child is medically complex. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, whoa. Okay, so, you know, we're, we're running churches with like lots of resources and we like can't have a nurse there. Wow. I just don't see why. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, obviously there are limitations of our smaller congregations and trying to figure out where that all fits. But, I mean, we're talking about mega churches here. Right, Like, right, we're talking yeah, about, right. like, we got the nicest, like, fender up there, like, yeah. guitar. Like, it sounds so – have you listened to the tone, dude? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Like, Beautiful, the tone doesn't – Yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter that you have a tree <laughs> painted on the wall. Like, the kids can't get in. Right. Um, and I think that's really – where I like want to advocate is like I hear that these things are difficult and you don't know what to do and that's really like within the start course and within the work that you're doing within the work that Save the Storks is doing in every life and all these pro-life organizations is we're trying to say like actually like let's walk with you through this instead of saying there's no way out yeah God always provides a way out God always provides a way out of sin God always provides a way out of situation God always provides a way out um I'm incredibly directionally challenged and one of the folders like on my iPhone where all my maps live is that there's a, it says a way out because I always want to remember constantly that God always provides the higher road. Mm. And I think that too, for the care of our children with disabilities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> one of my buddies, <clears throat> uh, Nick Vujicic. Yes. Who's he's incredible. Like incredible brother. And, uh, talk about, talk about God using his hands and feet. Mm -hmm. He makes this joke, by the way. Yeah. That's not me. So just, I yeah, love it. Yeah, Nick loves to make this joke. You know, God's, God's used, um, you know, my hands and feet mm -hmm. for the, for the gospel and yeah. the, the kingdom, um, more than he ever could have if yeah. I actually had hands and feet, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, he has, he's become such a hero to, um, like you were saying, other people with disabilities who can't really speak, yes, and and defend themselves and speak out against these things. And obviously, I mean, he's he's spicy and he's been all around the world. I think I to, to this day, if you Google top motivational speakers, um, I think he's still on the top ten list of pretty much I mean, any website I don't in, doubt in the it. world, like I don't like Tony Robbins, it. like all you know, all these. Yeah. And then it's it's Nick's always right there and spirit filled brother believer who's just been doing such incredible things. Um, we'll have to get you on his podcast sometime. That would be amazing. But, but I, I, I wonder, like, have you, what have you heard from um, people who have similar struggles? Hmm. Um, like, how has God used your testimony and story and voice um, to bless or encourage others who maybe are scared to speak mm. out or, or maybe, maybe, maybe they, they have, you know, significant disabilities yeah. and feel and like almost can't yes. really speak out like you can. How's God used your stories? You're starting to travel now and worship yes. and sing and speak. I think the reason why I'll never stop singing is because of the joy that is on their faces when we participate in song. Mm. I mean, I know that that just transcends a lot of things like music does. Music makes us feel things. Music makes us think. Right. It paints a picture that often our words can't. And I can tell, like, I'll have kids travel to see me, oh, which really? is just such an honor. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, I was in Ohio. This is actually a very interesting story. Um, it was a bit after X Factor, 
And um, I really, really pray that God always keeps me like a person of my word. It's like a super big deal to me. But sometimes being a person of your word costs you things you want to do. (laughs) Um, And I was in Ohio at a small charity event. There were a lot of kids traveling there who had my difference. Um, And I got asked the same day to be flown to sing my audition song with Carrie Underwood. Oh, wow. Um, And I had to say no because um, I made a promise to those kids who had traveled so far Mm. to be there with them. And it's very funny, the pictures from that day. I even forgot my shoes before I sang. I was barefoot the entire (laughs) time. Um, Because I I just remember it being like, oh, that stinks. Like, that would have been, like, real cool. Like, of course, it's Carrie Underwood. But I knew that there is a greater purpose here of them seeing someone do something that someone said they couldn't. And it's not because I'm doing it. It's not because I'm like, whoa, look at me. Like like I said about my degree or like I said about these things. Statuses come and go. Things come and go. Right. And I know the world wants to say, oh, the, you can't you know, take away someone's education or they want to like serve you that as well. But I'm not defined by those things. Right. Like I did that to better <clears throat> equip me in order to serve the people that I love. Yeah. Not to have a title. And I also think that when you do things like that to honor God mm-hmm. instead of honor yourself, it ends up becoming more beautiful. And that's exactly what that day turned into. And that's just one example of many wow. of things where these incredible opportunities have popped up or once in a lifetime, like how could you ever? And then you say, no, like these kids are why I'm doing it. Right. This is why I'm doing it. And um, I just happen to be very blessed in the area that I have never not known a day where I didn't know how to sing. Hmm. And I don't say that in like a prideful way. I say that in like, I was made to, Yeah, I was made to, that's, that's awesome. my superpower. <laughs> and I could tell that they were like, everyone said I couldn't be on stage or everyone said I couldn't. And I've done talent shows where we have children with disabilities. Even hmm. in Georgia, I did that too. And they'll get up and, you know, have their talent on stage and we will applaud them because showing up the way they are is all they need to do. Right, right. They don't need to do it perfectly. I don't do it perfectly. We don't have to do it perfectly every single time, but we just have to show up. And that's all God asks us to do. Mm. He asks us to come to him humbly and to humbly ask yeah. like what, what our heart's desires are. Wow. And it's like, if we can't do that <clears throat> at the end of the day, then like, why are we even doing this podcast right now? Why are we even going and speaking? Why are you even going and talking to college students? Why? It's, it's not to be this side of things where, you know, we say that we know everything, but rather a change of heart. Hmm. and a change of perspective yeah because yeah. words don't do anything but heart change does yeah yeah that's powerful mm-hmm. yeah i just keep yeah i just keep thinking of that verse god uses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise mm-hmm. and and so that which man often disregards or dismisses oh yeah because they make us uncomfortable or they challenge our perceptions you yeah. know our presuppositions or our comfort or our convenience yeah are often actually the people that god wants to use primarily um, and most significantly. And and it's funny even, too, with, like, dating my husband and things because my mom always joked. Um, and that's something as well that, like, a lot of young women reach out to me about who have disabilities. Really? Because it's always like, can I ever get married? Will this ever oh. happen for me? Like, what would this look like? I'm like, it will completely happen um, because God is good and he wants us, you know, in community. And um, it was funny because it, by world standards, cost my husband a lot by world standards, but for him, <laughs> it didn't because it was, it was this, like, we have a lot more reliance on each other that I think that mm. you don't get in your first couple of months of marriage. Sure. Um, you know, we've almost been married for like, I guess six months now. 
And it's like you don't you don't get that type of reliance at our age or whenever there's this glamorized freedom. Yeah, you of, had just gotten married before we were at that. S- right s- after, of, oh, literally okay. weeks, like oh, okay. two weeks. Like okay. I literally, like it was insane. And that was when I was writing start course. I was like finishing the way. And it was, and I graduated the same month. Oh too. my goodness! Wow. <laughs> God really put me through that. But it's just like this story of. Um, God uses the weak in order to display his strength. Right. And I really believe that. Um, but I'm thankful for it because we wouldn't be as close as we are. Hmm. Um, and I mean, also the topic of like children too, it's, it's like, there's this whole disability rights movement saying that like, you know, abortion is care for people with disabilities. Like they should have choice. Like there, there's, that. yeah. I mean, it's heartbreaking. I was going to bring that up, but since you did, talk yeah, about it's heartbreaking because, Um, we want to have really pretty pictures with awesome graphics and make us feel girly and good and have all the resources and all these things. Um, and to embrace our sexuality and to be awesome because that makes us feel good, especially as people with disabilities, because that's power. And I just think that that's, but then they also say that we can't be parents. Hmm. So that to me seems like not a complete statement. Yeah, Yeah. Like embrace your sexuality, be awesome, be sexy, be this. But then also, can you hold a baby? What? Hmm. Okay, where? Okay, that that's hurtful. Yeah. Where do I stand with that? Are you equipped to do this? No one had a child on their own. Yep. No one did. It, it's not there. There are people around, and that's why the church needs to be there for people who are Takes experiencing that. Yeah. 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 Um, isn't it? Isn't it sick and ironic that the. Uh, the same people you're talking about, let's just call it the entire Democrat Party um, and our culture of death today. You know, they love to talk about how Republicans are ableist. You heard that term before, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. They're ableist. And, and and we're like, wait, why am I ableist? Why is being a Republican make me ableist? And they say, well, because you you oppose universal health care. Mm. And if we had Bernie Sanders universal health care, which is just, by the way, it's a stand in term for socialism. Yeah. Uh, then we could provide good health care to people with disabilities who really need that help. And you go, wait a second. You're the same people that abort over 90% of babies diagnosed with Down syndrome. You're the ones that tell parents that the best, the the, the, the case in which you definitely need to exercise your reproductive freedom, your, your option to get an abortion, is when the child in the womb is confirmed to have a disability in the womb. Yeah. Well, you, you shut your trap before you call me an ableist. Yeah. You know, because I oppose socialism, you actually murder people with disabilities. Yeah. Because they have disabilities. You know, and so I've seen this, this movement, especially on the left, where they, like you said, like, it's your superpower, right? Like, they... They like to take people with disabilities and celebrate them yep. and say, like, they're beautiful human beings. But but those, those are the same progressive activists who who say we need to we, we should kill babies. You who have, have to a disability ask yourself what's <laughs> you have to ask yourself what's happening behind the scenes yeah. because it costs them less money or costs everybody less yeah. money if there's less disabled people and then they need resources. Right. Wow. So it's not convenient anymore. Yeah. But, you know, everyone likes disabled people when it makes them look good. Oh, wow. And everybody likes a baby when it makes them look good. Right. They're yeah. cute. People with disability are so, so sweet. Until <laughs> it's an inconvenience. You know, right? like, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, come on. Let's actually say what's actually happening, just like you are. And that's why I think it takes people like you and it takes people like me with my lived experience and your knowledge of this issue to be able to stand up and say, together, we both agree that we need to be able to stand for what it is. You know, ableism is a really interesting topic because... I'm sure you've studied a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have. Um but even hearing your definition is, like, very enlightening to me. Um, but also, like, the term disability, the term ableism, all these things, you have to ask the person what they define it as. 
like there's these generalizations of like what this means and i think like for me ableism is something where i'm like someone is directly looking at me and saying like i can't get hired for a job because i'm disabled right but then there's like another form of ableism like you just described and it can it can turn on both sides but then people will use it for they what they want it to be for right right and that's the side of things where you have to be like okay you know whereas like i do believe that i mean i didn't know if you know the statistic um i looked it up actually last night too from like the u.s like labor department um that only 21 percent of disabled people um, are employed in the U.S. alone. Oh, wow. And it's just because I think we're not equipping them. Hmm. Like, I really do. I really, really do. And we don't want their voices to be heard. Hmm. And then then they make us sound reliant. They make us sound like we're needy and reliant. And I'm not needy and reliant. And I know a lot of other disabled people who aren't either. Yeah. But I I say disabled with air quotes, like I touched on before, because dis means can't. But whenever you say um, disabled to an able-bodied person, they understand what you're saying. But whenever I say different, they're like, what's different? But for me, it's just different. Yeah. It's a different way of showing up. Yeah, yeah. It's like if I had a difficult time spelling or doing something like that and you couldn't see that on the outside, you wouldn't judge me. But because you can see what happened to me on the outside, you can judge me. And then it's difficult for people who have – That's a good way to think, yeah. uh, who have disabilities that are unseen because sometimes they don't get the access that they need because people aren't paying attention. Right, right. And it's all about intention. <clears throat> access is about intention. It's not about funding. It's not about resources. It's not about anything. It's about taking that extra step to saying, how do I increase yeah. access? Yeah. Yeah, another uh, another example that kind of proves what you're saying is like the left and the legacy media, the liberal establishment, whatever you want to call it, um, they would love to platform you as a slay queen feminist war hero, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. if, if, Ryan, you were defending a woman's right to abortion. Yeah, if. Right. So, you know, but with cool a, showing up as someone with disabilities yeah. and an appearance that people cause, you cause people to stare. But if you were a voice for killing babies in the womb, if you were a voice for abortion, they would love to platform you yeah. on CNN and have you perform at a Planned Parenthood gala. If you were saying like we needed a you know we need to defend women's rights and all these things, then they would. But it's <laughs> but if your experience causes you to say actually we need to like change how we're doing this entire thing and we need to welcome these children, it's like well then shut up. Yeah, exactly. You know, shut up. Exactly. Yeah, they want to make us women. I think especially disabled women like look really like you said like boss babe like killing it like on the scene like slay like all these terms that are all over social media, and they want to make it look like that. But then they're like. Why get married young? Like, why did you do that? I'm like, this is God honoring. Like, why do that? Why yeah, yeah. Why don't you, like, live with your boyfriend? Like, why don't you do these things? It's not a shameful thing of saying if someone has done that before because I totally think God redeems things. But it's like I made these decisions to honor the Lord, to honor his plan. And was it easy? No. Is it easy to have someone have to take care of me? No. I've had strangers give me showers. And if that wants to humble you enough, let me tell you, I still wanted to live after because I had compassionate care in those people. I have my hair done, not by myself, every single day. I live in my body perfectly fine. And for somebody to say that I don't, Hmm. that's not their place. Right, right. It's not their place. And I think that we need to stop glamorizing, like, this slay culture around this, especially with people my age. I mean, I'm 23, and I feel like even when I was in high school and college and things, it just becomes this huge fest of, like, you know, please kill it, like women's rights, like women's rights, women's rights. And they sell that to you on the silver platter of like, I do want women to vote. That's super cool. Like, (laughs) yes, this, yes, that. And then you realize 
Wait, there's a lot of destruction also with the people who created those laws too. Yeah, yeah. That affects right. like my existence. Yeah, yeah. So it's really hard That's right. to live in both places. Yeah. Um, but God said like there are broken things and you have to sit in the broken things sometimes. Yeah. It's good, Ryan. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Where can people connect with you uh, if they want to book you as a, a worship leader for an event or speak in at a, a gala or at a yeah. church? Where can people find more about, out about yeah. you? Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm at O-H Ryan Page and it's O-H, like the letters. And my name is spelled R-I-O-N-P-A-I-G-E. Um, and then you can book me through um, the email randy at platformartist.com and also platformartist.com in general. And then you can find me on Facebook just as Ryan Page, R-I-O-N-P-A-I-G-E. Awesome. Where are you headed next? Oh, man, I'm headed to Knoxville to do some speaking. So I'm very excited about it, be able to offer some hope and just to show that accessibility is not an inconvenience, but it's an opportunity. Oh, wow. Say that again. Accessibility is an, is an opportunity, but not an uh inconvenience. Awesome. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. Thank well, you Ryan, so much, thanks, Seth. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you. Yeah, it's my thanks, honor. Thanks for your voice. Um, keep uh, keep calling out these people as eugenicist yeah. demons <laughs> and uh, would-be gods and yeah. uh, waking up the church. We're proud of you. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for tuning in today, guys. Head on over to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Give the show a rating and review. Let us know what you think. Uh, we almost were canceled by YouTube, but we got those strikes removed before we were permanently banned. <laughs> so head on over to Rumble. Subscribe at Rumble if you would, because one of these days, YouTube's just going to find a proxy to absolutely get rid of our channel. So head on over to Rumble as well uh, on iTunes. Give us five stars. Leave a rating. I know it sounds silly, but more people see the show. If you want to engage with the White Rose Resistance or become an ally of the White Rose Resistance, go to the thewhiterose.life. The White Rose life and if you sign up as a $35 a month ally or more you get access to our digital resistance community with training courses curriculum live calls with me and live calls with people like Eric Metaxas and we're going to equip and mobilize you to be the resistance in your local community until next week I'm Seth Gruber and this is unaborted <laughs>